in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries. One group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka. Bo Warmbold. Each week we take a look back at one movie that is reaching that 30-year milestone. Whether you love seeing these films in the theater or enjoying them for the first time at home, we invite you to join us this year as we travel back in time to 1986. I am your host, John Reed, and you're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. Hola once again, and thank you for joining us on this milestone of an episode, as we have reached our 50th episode of the 30-something Movie Podcast. Uh, we first started this podcast about a year ago, on February 9th, if we're being precise, uh, in order to share our love of movies, and in particular movies from the 1980s. We've traveled from the Wild West to space to Fantasia. Um, Pat is still somewhere in Fantasia, trying to understand what the heck is going on. Uh, then we went, we've been to detention on a Saturday, to the boxing ring, and this episode, we're going to journey all the way to the magical little village of Santa Poco. But before we get there, I am joined, as always, by my illustrious co-hosts. Co-hosts, that's hard to say when you're trying to speak English. Pat, Dennis, Jeff, and Bo. Welcome, gentlemen. Hola. Thank Is you. Jefe, I'm sorry, it's Jefe. Jefe Mazuka. The Cinco Amigos. The Cinco Amigos. Um, without further ado, let's talk about the Three Amigos. Uh, Three Amigos came out December 12, 1986. It was rated PG, directed by John Landis, who did Animal House, Blues Brothers, Michael Jackson's Thriller, and a few others. Uh, produced by Steve Martin, who also produced Roxanne and L.A. Story. George Folsey Jr., who did Blues Brothers and Hostel. Lorne Michaels, who did Saturday Night Live. Written by Steve Martin and Lorne Michaels. Steve Martin also wrote The Jerk. Lorne Michaels, of course, did Saturday Night Live. Music by Elmer Bernstein, who did Ghostbusters, Black Cauldron, and a few others. Randy Newman also did the songs. Uh, he did the music for Toy Story and Forrest Gump, among others. The budget for this one was $25 million. The box office was $39.2 million. Steve Martin plays Lucky Day. Uh, he was also in Saturday Night Live, The Jerk, Father of the Bride. Chevy Chase was Dusty Bottoms. He was in Caddyshack, Fletch, and the Vacation Movies. Martin Short was Ned Niederlander, who was in Saturday Night Live, SCTV, Inner Space, and the character of Jiminy Glick, which sometimes I feel is what my inner monologue sounds like. Uh, <laughs> Alfonso... <laughs> wow. Well, you know. <clears throat> uh, Alfonso Arau. Is it Arau? I think that's how you say it. Uh, plays El Guapo, the infamous El Guapo. Infamous. Uh, infamous. He's more than famous. He, he's more than famous. He's infamous. He's infamous. 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 Uh, was in Romancing the Stone, The Wild Bunch, and was actually in a movie, I believe, in 1970 uh, in Mexico called Trace Amigos, which has nothing to do with this movie. Uh, Tony Plana played Hefe. Got him on board for his experience. Right. Well, you've already been in this movie, so come on in. <laughs> Um, creative consultant. Uh, Hefe was in... Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, the actual Hefe from the movie. Oh. Not you, Hefe. Sorry. Um, I'm Lo I said Hefe, not Heavy. Well, <laughs> hey, that could be a number hey, of people hey. in this room right well, now. Well, that's true. Um, Hefe was in an officer... Hefe's not his real name. Tony Plana is his real name. Was in an officer and a gentleman, Primal Fear, and the TV show Ugly Betty. Uh, Patrice Martinez was Carmen. She was in Zorro, Beetlejuice, and Convoy. Uh, Philip Gordon. So this one shocked me, uh, the little kid, Rodrigo, who's with Carmen when they go to try to find the three amigos, was in The Terminator. 
he was the little uh, Latino kid that was at the very end of the movie that Did takes picture. Sarah Connor's oh picture. Yes, yeah, that That's was Rodrigo. Crazy. So he was out there working, trying to raise money to save his small village of Santa Poco, even when the Terminators were around. Uh, Kai Wolf was the German. Uh, he was in Assassin's Twilight Zone, the movie, and the TV show General Hospital. Fred Asparagus, the best last name ever, was the bartender. Uh, he was in This Is Spinal Tap and Beverly Hills Cop 3. Uh, Joe Mantegna was Harry Flugelman. He was in Godfather Part 3, the TV show Criminal, can't talk, Criminal Minds. And he was Fat Tony in The Simpsons. Uh, sorry, sorry, no dumping in the lake. Fine. I will put my yard trimmings in a car compactor. Uh, Chief, I think there was a dead body in there. I thought that too, until he said yard trimmings. You gotta learn to listen, Lou. Randy Newman played the singing bush. He did the music for Toy Story and Forrest Gump. Um, Rotten Tomato... Don't even start. Rotten She'll be Tomatoes... Coming the mountain when she comes. There you go. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. Excuse me. Come on, Are you the singing bush? Let me talk to him. Excuse us. Are you the singing bush? blow the man down. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this one a 44%. If you look at the top critics, I don't know what that means, um, they gave it a, seven, a 17%. The audience, however, gave it a... Yes. The audience gave it a 67%. Um, Siskel and Ebert both gave a thumbs down in their review on At The Movies. Ebert gave it one out of four stars. Wait, wait, wait. Did I fall asleep? What, 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 He's what? interrupting the intro. <laughs> I'm sorry, wait, That's what right. movie are we That's talking it. about? We had three amigos. Jeez. Ebert gave it one out of four stars in his written review for The Sun-Times. Siskel said, after the opening song, the movie becomes, quote, very boring very fast. Ebert said, and this was his first line of his review, quote, this is not a good movie. Um, those, guys, those guys aren't alive anymore, right? No. no, so you can see no. whatever you want about them. It was, it was actually... They're, they're not alive? Just, just a few alive. short Good. years. Just a few short years Good. after writing this review, wow. they died. <laughs> just each I'm, of them. Both of them died a few short years after writing this geez. review. So it was clearly the Three Amigos review that did them in. I just don't know what to say. So I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Deeper, or deeper was later. No, I know. Oh, okay. No, I'm just... He's not. just... Punky. Yeah, I know that. I'm, Jeez. I'm just trying to get a rise out of Pat here. I know. Well, that's not difficult. Uh, there were no awards. Okay, what? I don't care if you're dead or alive. You don't say that about the three of me. Mm-hmm. The there were no awards for this movie. Um, the three, okay, so our summary is three recently fired actors accept a gig in Mexico performing with the more than famous El Guapo. In reality, El Guapo is a vicious bandito terrorizing the small town of Santa Poco. The amigos must decide whether they plan to die like dogs or fight like lions. Okay, so I just found well, this on. on a trivia thing. Player thing. Let's ride! <laughs> the Three Amigos. They were the biggest stars of their day. The Three Amigos are history. But that was yesterday. Look, boys, I know showbiz. There's something always turns up. Telegram for the Three Amigos. 
I like this guy. <laughs> they are funny guys. Just kill one of them. Steve Martin. <laughs> Chevy Chase. Do you have anything besides Mexican food? <laughs> Martin Short. The Three Amigos. Throw down your gun! Not you, Dusty! Sorry! You're so brave. Three Amigos. I'll come back one day. Why? See, if I saw that, I'd go see that movie. <laughs> and see, that's oh. just the trailer. We weren't even... We weren't even watching the movie, and I don't know what Ebert and Siskel were talking about. So I just found this in a, in a bit of trivia. In his memoir, Life Itself, film critic Roger Ebert recounted appearing as a guest on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, alongside Chevy Chase, who was promoting the film. During the interview, Ebert was asked what his least favorite film of the holiday season was, and he replied, Three Amigos. <laughs> then it goes on to say, Chase said, Looking forward to your next picture but later confided with Ebert backstage that he didn't think it was so hot either. <laughs> so, I don't know, I just thought that... Yeah. I, I, I was reading it as you were talking about Ebert's response to the movie. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, that'd be... I'm going to have to find that. It clip. almost came off as a comedy instead of an action movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost. There was, there like was, they didn't know what they wanted. Just you, enough well, gunfire. an action you know. movie? Well, hold or on. Is it a comedy? Let me like, let me, let me get in. Let me get in the background here because this movie is very loosely based on Seven Samurai and The Magnificent Seven, and was a parody of the old Wild West movie. So I don't know if it, but it was loosely Throw based. A little you know, it wasn't, in there. Right, it wasn't, you know, loosely based. Um, in 1980, when work began on writing and developing the movie, Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd, and John Belushi were going to play the Amigos. Then at one point in time, somewhere between 1980 and 1985, um, Steven Spielberg was going to be the director, and he wanted Steve Martin to be lucky. He wanted Bill Murray to play Dusty Bottoms and Robin Williams to play Ned Niederlander. Uh, ultimately, if Martin Short had been unavailable for this film, Rick Moranis would have been the alternative for Ned. Uh, the movie was heavily edited. Once they finished filming, it was heavily edited by the studio without director John Landis, as he was tied up in court over the what was called the Twilight Zone tragedy, uh, in which three actors had been killed in a was it a helicopter, helicopter crash? Okay, um, helicopter crash during the filming of the Twilight Zone movie, and John Landis was actually being prosecuted for his role in the Manslide. safety right, whatever it was, the safety issues surrounding the movie, and because the child actors were. Because it was shouldn't have been there at that time, and they okay. shouldn't have been there. They, it was illegal work, whatever. Okay. Vietnamese or whatever. Uh, deleted scenes uh, feature other actors and comedians, uh, such as Cam Sam Kinison was a mountain man, and Fran Drescher was going to be a rival actress at Flugelman's studio. Uh, Steve Martin learned his rope tricks while working in Frontierland at Disneyland when he was a kid. Uh, this was Martin Short's first film role. And Alfonso, oh, we already mentioned this one, Alfonso Aral, El Guapo, was in a Mexican film titled uh, Trace Amigos in 1970. All right, so this is going to get, this is the one that's going to get Pat all riled up real quick. Um, some Wait, critics let, seem... Let, let me move. Okay. Call wardrobe, okay. take the Amigos' clothes. <laughs> some critics seem to really hate this movie. 
How do you reconcile the poor reception from critics with the pretty positive reception from the public? We're going to bring them in here, cut open their stomach, pull out their intestines, and squeeze the crap out of them! <laughs> you talking about Siskel and Ebert? I don't know. <laughs> you dirt-eating piece of slime! <laughs> you scum-sucking pig! You sons of a motherless goat. Sons of motherless I, uh, we saw this with our kids just relatively recently within the last, I think, year. Probably about last year, yeah. And they loved it, so. Well, that's good Forget the critics. I, I'm glad I you mean, said that, because I would have wondered. Because sometimes, you know, yeah. there's nothing flashy about it. It's just good old slapstick. And that's, and I, I Drop think your that's weapons, what it is. not I think, you. <laughs> I think if you're, if, you're a, you if you're a film critic going to look at this movie as something that's going to be groundbreaking, new, whatever, then you're good. It's not what it's intended to be. It's intended to be this type of movie. And it's a totally out you know, like rip off of the theme of the, the Magnus, you know, coming to save the town. And, and the fact that you got these guys who are actors who are not really, really gunslingers, it's, it, it, that's the nice little funny piece in there. And it just, you got lots of jokes, lots of one-liners. I think Martin Short's awesome. Is this another example of the white savior narrative? The what? The white savior narrative. Where a white character, a white person comes to save people of color from their plight. Pat, Jeff, what do you think about that? Are you feeling... <laughs> Are you feeling a microaggression, John? I agree with anything Pat has to say. <laughs> Pat rejects the question. But, and the whole joke of it was, I, when we were talking about uh, 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 the Temple of Doom, that wasn't the thing that I was kind of objecting to. I didn't have a problem with Indiana Jones being the white savior thing. No, I'm, no. I'm just kidding. We're not Mexicans. I love that when he walks into the bar. <laughs> As if you have to announce it. Yeah. We're not Mexicans. Yeah. Can you tell us where the best hotel is? There's no hotel in this town. But <laughs> do you have anything other than Mexican food? Right. Because yeah. that's do important. You, do you have anything hey, other than Mexican Hey, look at the little, what is it? Hey, look at the little, little whips. Seasons, the yeah. little <laughs> Bam, 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 bam. They just like, mm -hmm. just, oh my God, they both have the two German. That's right, mm -hmm. because they, they thought the three amigos were his friends right. after he blew away the one guy. Right. That's why they were all I do like, here's the, here's the scene where they have the, uh... Well, so long as we've got some time to kill, I think I'll have a beer. We don't have no beer, just tequila. What, what's tequila? Yeah, it's like beer. Is it fattening? Fattening? <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. If it's like beer, we'll have some. Three tequilas. Sure, sure, amigos. Enjoy yourselves. We'll try not to get into too much troubles, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's an odd taste. It's probably watered down. <laughs> You know, there's something about this place. Everybody seems so grim. Well, they're just intimidated. They've only seen us on the big screen. Been a long time. All right. We're going to do a little number for you, but remember, we're a bit rusty, so bear with us. Just like the old days. All right. Maestro? Look at his face when he does the trip. My little buttercup has the sweetest smile. Dear little buttercup, won't you 
stay a while. Come with me where moonbeams paint the sky. And you and I might linger in the sweet by and by. Oh, dear little buttercup with your eyes so blue. You're a dream come true You and I will settle down In a cottage built for two Dear little buttercup I love you Everybody! <laughs> my little buttercup As the sweetest is my own <laughs> Dear little buttercup Won't you stay out? Boy, boy. <laughs> you and I will settle down in a cottage built for two. Dear little buttercup, sweet little buttercup, my little buttercup. Well, that's all we got for three all right, minutes. Let's... <laughs> Need to say anymore? Really. I kind of feel like that's what it turns into. It's just like, all right, here's favorite quote, favorite line, favorite yeah. scene. Would you so, say? Because, like I said, there's not a whole lot to like really discuss, like right. theme wise. It, it is what it is. It's right. It doesn't pretend to be anything else, and I think that's why it was good. That's why I think audiences like it, and the re- critics got nothing to really. I don't know, like. Yeah, there's nothing to critique. There's no heavy themes. It's not. It almost feels like to me. Should I have Pat give us his favorite? Pat, what do you, you tell us? You, I know you got to go. What's, what's your favorite scene? Uh, I'll be honest, guys. The whole bloody thing. I mean, it's <laughs> That's really. That's what he told me. I, I, think what, I, I, tell I pulled me what it out. Told me I, when you came what I'm going to say is the same thing that I said with Back to the Future. I think it's like literally, like just perfectly put together. I don't think there's too much of one thing. I think there's. Um, Every scene is funny. It flows from one thing to the next. It's not like a joke gets old. And you've got three comedic geniuses. They're able to bring out each of their strengths. And then they're able to like pair them all to, or put them all together or just pair them off. And they play off of each other's strengths. And it's looks, it's aside, it's innuendos, it's how they deliver their lines. And then you get down to the supporting cast. I mean, Aguapo was hilarious. Jefe was. I mean, a genius. When they're firing the Amigos, the three—it's uh, Lovitz, Phil Hartman, and um, Joe Mantegna yeah. in the in the. I mean, those three guys. I mean, that could have. When they pan that one scene, yeah. and Phil Hartman's just sort of standing there with background. his with his glasses. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. Take the Amigos clothes, and you know, I mean, everything is dramatic. And uh, I, I mean, all the and there's like the one thing that popped up, and when you referred to Hefe sitting over here when they all uh, when they all go into the town I at the end and uh, El Guapo sitting there saying yoo-hoo come on out like after he chases him <laughs> in the Tubman 601 and Hefe does that thing where he's like laughing silently just and you're not going to see it on the radio meeting but he goes like you know and it's like when you're doing a surprise party and mm-hmm. everyone's sitting there kind of laughing yeah. they put that into the movie like mm-hmm. they went to every little detail so would, would and, you say you have a plethora a favorite scene? I have a plethora of favorite scenes, but I, I don't know what it is. I mean, the horse is off. Gentlemen, arrived yet? Not yet, Wapo. Many presents have been coming for your birthday. German has the only presents I want. Oh, and Dance. he shoots the guy off the roof. Dance. That's the best Dance. Hold your head up. Wapo, hire. Behind <laughs> everyone sleeps. 
He right. will be I here, Wapo. All right. But I think you will like your other presents, too. I have put many beautiful piñatas in the storeroom, each of them filled with little surprises. Many piñatas? Oh, yes, many! Would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? A what? A plethora. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you have a plethora. Jefe, what is a plethora? Why, guapo? Well, you told me I have a plethora. And I just would like to know if you know what a plethora is. I would not like to think that a person would tell someone he has a plethora and find out that that person has no idea what it means to have a plethora. Forgive me, guapo. I know that I, jefe, do not have your superior intellect and education. But could it be that once again, you are angry at something else and are looking to take it out on me? Like what? <laughs> and I love that that's, that's what it comes up to is, maybe you're mad about something else and looking to take it out on me, like these rough banditos talking about their feelings. One of my favorite scenes is when um, the amigos go back to Santa Poco after they've left in a cowardice manner, and it's, you know, we're, we're here for our belongings. There's nothing for you here. Well, what about Carmen? They took her too, and Chevy Chase chimes in and goes, Did you happen to find some cufflinks, maybe a <laughs> pearl? I, uh, one of, something I did want to bring up though is every time I watch this movie, Chevy Chase just sort of stands out a little bit, is not quite fitting in with Steve Martin and Martin Short. And I'm not quite sure what it, what or why that is, but like he, he has his moments when he's funny, but when it's the three of them, he doesn't seem to quite hit on the same level that the other two, where the others you just tend to find their bread and butter, you know? Well, I find it interesting in reading some of the history of the movie that, that there were so many different casting options. Mm -hmm. They looked at Bill Murray, they looked at John Belushi, they looked at... It makes you wonder if Chevy Chase was just the last, and you know, maybe he was the last one cast. Maybe as they're writing this, I mean, Steve Martin's writing a movie he's going to be in, so he's writing for himself. I wonder if they just didn't write as much for the third character because they didn't know who it was going to be. Because it sounds like they changed casts three and a half times. Yeah, they even had a backup for Martin Short. I mean, it, it just, it's interesting. Then there's also the, you know, this was in 85, so is Chevy Chase already burned his bridge? It's well, that's something that we've, yet, we've, or we've talked about in the process in, of in, burning in other that bridge. That he had a very specific type of film mm -hmm. that he was successful at doing, a very specific type of character that his humor was perfect for. And I don't know, there's just something about watching this that he just sort of isn't quite on the same level as, or, or, or he just has a, a different skills, a different mm -hmm. skill set than, than Steve Martin and Martin Short do. And it kind of stands out in this movie. And then there's just the, you know, I, a lot of things you hear about him is he's just a jerk and hard to work with. So maybe they just sort of. That's funny, because I don't, you know, I don't have to see it again. I, I did not, I didn't notice that. I, I noticed that, I mean, each character is written, they're going to have their. You know, are they can they equally be written funny? And I think that maybe 
you know, there's some truth to the fact that maybe he didn't have the best mm -hmm. of those. But but I think I don't know. I didn't. I really didn't notice that it felt that unbalanced to me. I, I again, I'll have to watch it again. And I, see. I mean, I'm, it's it's a very nitpicky thing. I don't think it, it detracts from the movie. I don't know because yeah. yeah. And if you weren't if you weren't looking for stuff like to I'm talk saying, looking about, looking for it now. That's yeah. Be interesting to see if I if look you're not for looking it, for stuff to there? talk about, I could see not noticing it. But he's definitely. He's got that quick, you know, he's still got the shepherd. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's got, got the, the wine, he's got the, the, the cufflinks well, line. And when we, you know, we can take a walk and I'll kiss you on the veranda. Well, lips are fine. Lips will be fine. Lips will be fine. You know, I mean, he still has those moments where he's got that perfect delivery of a line. But there are other moments I feel like where it's just like, eh, it's not quite. Well, and, and we talked about, when we talked about Fletch, we talked about how he said he really liked doing Fletch because the director gave him the freedom to do pretty much whatever he wanted. Um, yeah, I think that was the point. In, when he did Fletch, he was coming off of um, was a drug rehab, and the director of Fletch pretty much said, "Hey, you know, we're, we got this movie, we're going to do it, but I want to give you the freedom to, you know, do whatever it is you want to do with this, and you know, not necessarily like ad lib everything, but a little bit, give him the freedom to just kind of roam wherever he wanted to with the part. Maybe with a stronger director and having it be written by Steve Martin." Maybe he didn't have the freedom that he had when he did Fletch, so he just kind of was a background piece. Mm -hmm. mm. Certainly could be. Still a very enjoyable movie, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like great. I said, it, it's a nitpicky thing. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know when I first started thinking about it, but at, at some point when I watched the movie, uh, and I've thought it for a while, so I don't know what, at what point in my life I watched this movie and mm -hmm. had that thought, but. It's hard for me not to see when I watch the movie now. Mm -hmm. Well, and the other thing is, I think of him, when I watch this movie, I think of him as being, of the three, he's the big dumb one. And I don't know that I need him to be much more than, you know, a couple of quick comments and, mm -hmm. and facial expressions. For me, I, his facial expressions during most of it is is what makes his part for me. When he's playing the piano and he keeps looking back and smiling or when they find out that there's real bullets and that they're actually going to die and he just starts like bursting into tears. And I, for me, that I'm, I'm fine with him being that and then having the, you know, the occasional Chevy Chase-esque little one-liner here and there. Um, but to me, and especially watching it this time, I'm looking at it going, okay, well, you've got, obviously, Steve Martin is lucky as the main one, he's the leader of the group, and you've got Ned, who's kind of this, he's almost like a kid, you know, very naive about a lot of things, and then you've got Chevy Chase, who half the time, whenever they're talking about something, he's kind of standing back there with a really confused look on his face. And like, to me, that's just his character in this movie, is he's the big dumb one that is, of the three amigos who are not intelligent to begin with, he's probably the one that mm -hmm. is the least intelligent of the group, and I'm, I'm fine with that being his character. So I don't know that I mind I don't mind that he doesn't have a whole lot to do. And I, I read that, too, that that was some of their criticisms. And they said, you know, he doesn't really have much to do. Maybe they should have gotten somebody else for this part. Well, no. He can be the big dumb guy in the background, and that could be his part for this movie. Just capitalize on his moments that he has, which he, I think, did. So I don't know. I, yeah, I, well, the gun scene. Yeah. Not you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Or his, uh, this was his, one of his other ones that I liked when El Guapo's going through his gr the group of men. Oh, yeah, the. Carlos! We fought together, the priests of. Together we. Burn the. Burn the village! Burn the village! And, uh, raped 
their horses! Yeah. Yeah. And we uh, rode off on the women! Rode off on the women! Hedges. Hedges. Of many small villages. Of many small villages. Who the hell are you? Another one of the goddamn gringos. Take this monkey away. Put him with the other Yankee Mari. Gone. What is <laughs> happening around here today? Are gringos falling from the sky? What? <laughs> 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 and then I look, they don't do it there, but the next line is. Yes, El Guapo. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the best follow-up lines in the, in the whole movie. It's just, yes, El Guapo. I'm, I'm, I am very surprised at how much the critics didn't like it. They must have gone in looking for something else. That's, um, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Because it's. I almost felt like, and I'm not saying it is. I, it, I used to almost think like sometimes it had the, just the, the feeling of a little bit of a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that. Ish. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know what, but it just had like a Mel Brooks. I like if they if you told me Mel Brooks made this movie, I would not be surprised. Yeah, yeah. it was his movie, and it was just even like the breaking of the song, you know, the song and the song, those little right. those are like very. You know, it's, I, I and I think they. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm I'm puzzled that it's as low. I'm not sitting there thinking they were going to say it was a 99 percent. They all love right. it, but I would have thought somewhere in the 75 to 80 range. But why they're giving it like a either a 44 or a 17 percent as yeah, that's as they're rating for it. <clears throat> so. All right. Did anybody not get to say what their favorite? Even though we narrowed it down to being I, I the still, entire movie. Entire movie, but I still always have. I just I don't know. I always like the Martin Short ending with the girl. <laughs> that's yeah. just one of my favorites. It's always a good one. And they just their looks are just mm-hmm. it's good. Well, and that one, and that's you know Chevy Chase gets the little boy comes up with the with <laughs> the watch, and, and he's like, here, I want you to have this. And then of course Steve Martin gets to kiss the girl, and then Ned has this beautiful girl show up and just out of there. Yeah. And I do still like that line, and that was one that they had at the end of the the movie trailer. I'll come back someday. Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I thought the weep was, you know. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Would you say I have a plethora of reasons to come back? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that may do, well, before, before we end things here. Oh, yes. We, we have to do this. Amigos are we, brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo. Wherever they need us, our destinies lead us, amigos, we're always together. Wherever we go, we brave amigos, and we'll be amigos forever. We are the three. Amigos, we are the three amigos, we are the three amigos.
Well, that's going to just about do it for this episode of the 30-something movie podcast. Um, wherever there is injustice, you will find us. Wherever there is suffering, we'll be there. Which, Jeff, you commented, that's kind of funny. Are they the ones causing the suffering? At the, wherever uh, there's, every time they say it, like, right. they, they don't realize that... Wherever there's suffering, we'll be there. They're the ones that We're the are reason they're suffering. Causing uh, all the problems. Wherever there are movies from 1986 that need watching, you will find the 30-something movie podcast. You can reach us at 87235-MOVIE. That's 8723566843. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know your favorite memories of the movies we're covering this year. Talk to us and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. Email us, 30podcast at gmail.com. Tweet us. Woo! There we go. At 30podcast. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Hold on there, Heffy. <laughs> That's a plethora of tweets. Uh, you can check out our other yes, episodes. No there we go. Check out our other episodes through the Podbean site by going to the30podcast.podbean.com. From there, you can also click on the Be My Patron link and support the show so we can cover the cost of hosting the show on Podbean, as well as buying Dennis some new shoes because he's a growing boy. You can listen to subscribe. Uh-huh. Uh, you can listen or subscribe to us through Stitcher, the Satchel Player app, and coming soon on Google Play. As always, we're on iTunes, where we would love to have you give us a rating for the show. And the challenge that we issued last week was we would love to see five iTunes reviews for the show by the end of January. It'll take one minute of your time. And if you did that right now, again, my mom will not have to create all those fake iTunes accounts. Because that just involves me having to do it for her anyway. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time for the Brian versus Brian match when Brian Brown and Brian Dennehy uh, face off in the action thriller FX. See you next time. Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned. Come on, amigos. Let's ride. A brave amigo. Wherever they need us, our destinies lead us. Amigos, we're always together. <laughs> Wherever we go, if we brave amigos, then we'll be amigos forever. We are the three of we are the three amigos. We are the three amigos. I'll come back one day. Why? 